Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, August 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians had an off day on Monday after winning the Little League Classic on Sunday night uh, in shutout fashion, 3 nothing over Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels. It was uh, a showcase event for Major League Baseball. It was a showcase event for the Indians, a, a great day of interacting with little leaguers. And it, it really was a coming out party for Cal Quantrill. Uh, whether or not the, the folks uh, watching at home on ESPN were, were able to discern it through uh, the commentators who were pretty much ignoring Cal Quantrill through the game, <laughs> I, I guess, uh, he had himself a night. Yeah. Uh, just he pitched, you know, he, he kind of just pitched like he's been pitching, Joe, like, you know, the last seven, eight times out. But, you know, he did it on Sunday night baseball and uh, seven scoreless innings, two hits, you know, nine strikeouts, two walks, uh, just really a dominant performance. And, and he was able to be efficient, minimize pitch counts and get out of trouble without giving up runs when he needed it the most. He got Justin Upton in the, what, third inning on a, a ground ball back to the mound. He turned yeah. a 1-4-3 double play that, you know, really sort of catapulted him uh, forward. In the fourth inning, he came out, struck out the side. Yeah, he retired. Uh, I think he retired the last 12 guys he faced. Uh, so, you know, he gave up, what, a hit in the first inning, a hit, a hit in the uh, third inning, and that was it. I mean – just, you know, just what a, it was just like a, uh, a great series uh, for pitching with the Indians with uh, Quantro, you know, Tristan McKenzie on uh, Saturday and, and even the uh, bullpen game by Hankis, you know, he only allowed one run in four innings. Right. Yeah. You call, you call Friday's game by Hentges a, a, a bullpen game, but really he went four deep in that game and gave up one run and, and it was lights out for, for the Indians for the whole series. Uh and on the other side of it, Ahmed Rosario pretty much put him comfortably in front. Uh, second, two batters into the ball game, he, uh, he lofts a home run down the left field line. And uh, Ahmed Rosario, in two appearances at the Little League Classic, he's six for nine at the plate with a home run, five RBIs. I think his OPS is like, uh, you know, 
over a thousand, over sixteen hundred uh, in, in in two games there. Uh, Ahmed Rosario would play every game in in Williamsport at historic Bowman Field uh, if he could. Uh, it'd be a pretty nice ballpark for him. You're not kidding, and what a run he's been on since uh, the All Star break, Joe. Just you know, I think he's close to he might be second in in the big leagues in hits. Uh, just you know, playing great defense. You know, getting two, three hits a, a night. They're most the Indians' most consistent player since, you know, I, I would I would say since you know that when he moved to shortstop in May, he's probably been their most consistent offensive player and may, perhaps their defensive player as well. Yeah, he has 50 hits since the All Star break, and uh, that's second most in uh, the American League behind Starling Marte, who on Sunday had three more hits himself. So. I mean, he's just on another level right now, but uh, the the offense that Rosario has been providing has really been the the most consistent thing about the Indians uh, since pretty much May. Yeah, and and now you look at the top of that lineup: Straw, Rosario, and and Ramirez. You know, those are three. You know, that's a handful for any any big league pitcher, regardless of uh, their talent level. Right. Uh, so really, Sunday night's game was a home game for the Indians. I mean, Slider and the Hot Dogs were there. Uh, the in-house entertainment, the uh, Gabby, the, the the hostess was there uh, on the on the scoreboard. It really felt like uh, an Indians home game in Williamsport. But the best part about it was you looked around the the stands, and the kids were in their uniforms from the Little League World Series. In, in just like in little pockets, all seated around the ballpark. And, you know, the colors and the, the kids cheering and the energy. Uh, Tristan McKenzie at the end of the dugout for the Indians was signing every autograph. There were kids from Michigan ripping off their jerseys to, to get them signed by Tristan McKenzie. He was, he was really the, the mayor of, uh, you know, Williamsport for the night, I think, uh, at, at that point. Everybody wanted to... Uh, be around him and get around him and, and just, you know, take pictures and selfies and autographs. Uh, McKenzie was a big kid for the night. And uh, with the run that he's been on, this is a guy who could be the face of the franchise. Yeah. He's, you know, he's such a great guy. Um, you know, he's really come on here as, as a pitcher and he's always had the personality. He's always been, you know, a great guy to talk to a great interview and you're starting to see him, uh, you know, that personality come out you know, more and more, I think. And, you know, a thing like, uh, you know, the, the, the little league classic is, is a great vehicle for him and in major league baseball and, and the Indians, I thought, you know, you did some great stuff there, Joe, just kind of take us through what was, uh, what, 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 what was the highlight for you? Well, uh, there were many highlights throughout the day. Uh, we, we got to Williamsport late after the game on Saturday <laughs> night, we drove in and then, at the ballpark on Sunday morning, we were told that the Indians bus would be arriving sometime in the 11 o'clock hour. So we got to uh, the stadiums. And when I say we, uh, Zach Meisel, Manny Bell, uh, or some of the other Indians beat writers uh, who, who followed the team with us, uh, we all sort of went together. Um, and we moved around the park. We got there and we got settled in. We were able to walk out and and really see behind the scenes of what you see on TV during these broadcasts on ESPN. Uh, the facilities are amazing. When, when you say that, you know, that Field of Dreams game in Iowa, you know, was this heaven 
No, it's Iowa. I, if Iowa, the Iowa cornfield was heaven. Williamsport was baseball nirvana for these kids. You know, it's just the, any, everything that you would want as a, as a 12 year old is in one place. They've got Italian ice stands, they've got concessions and uh, it's, it's just a place where kids can, can really just have a lot of fun and not worry about anything else going on. Uh, up the hill is, you know, the grove where all the bunkhouses are, where all the kids and the player and the coaches stay. Uh, they had games and, uh, you know, like cornhole and uh, ping pong and wiffle ball would, would be playing at the top of the hill. Uh, the Indians players arrived around 1130 and we sort of ran out to, to see them coming up the hill. Uh, and it was a surprise, really a surprise. We're like, is that Jose Ramirez driving the golf cart with Julie Foudy from ESPN sitting next to him, interviewing him while he's driving? And there's like a there's like a bullhorn siren on the the um, the golf cart. And Jose was was blaring the bullhorn siren, clearing <laughs> the, the pathway for him as as kids were you know running up for autographs. And the players all in their jerseys are marching up the hill you know, in, in sort of lockstep behind Jose, he was the Pied Piper leading this parade up the hill. And it was, it was really cool. I, I know it was, it was on the live broadcast on TV, but uh, just to, to see it taking place in person and, you know, just the surprise that Jose Ramirez was there on that, uh, that cart was really cool. Did you, did you, get, did you catch any of that? Did you see any? Yeah, of the- I saw that. That was fun. Yeah. I, I'm glad some, I'm glad Jose didn't run into anybody. That's well, that's what I asked. I asked Julie Foudy after she got out of the golf cart. I said, uh, hey, is uh, was there any nervousness letting Jose drive, you know, considering he runs the bases like his hair's on fire? And she said, yeah, uh, you know, I was genuinely concerned. She said that golf cart is her baby for the week. Like that's her her, her way to get around, uh, you know, the, the grounds there is is up and down those hills. In, in that golf cart and she was nervous about letting Jose take it over. So, uh, but Fran Mill was great. Fran Mill was just a big kid uh, at that, at the ballpark interacting. We, we followed some of the players into the, the stands where they sat with players from Tennessee and Nebraska, and they were signing autographs and taking pictures and selfies. And right in the front row was Paul Dolan and his wife sitting next to, uh, um, Rob Manfred, the, the commissioner, were sitting in the front row as Hawaii was playing, uh, I believe it was Nebraska. The, the team in the stands was Connecticut, and the, the team in the, on the field was Nebraska uh, against Hawaii. And the, the Hawaii team was, was awesome. It was fun to watch. Up close, I'm telling you, these kids throw hard. Yeah. These, kids throw, these kids throw 60 to 70 miles an hour. It's it, it's impressive to see, you know, just that to be that close to all that action. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name 
to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. It just looked like a, it just looked like such a fun time. And now you gotta, you gotta tell us about the Hill. Well, that was, uh, that's my Waterloo. Um, I, I gotta say, I, Bradley Zimmer and Alex Young were the first ones, first players from the group to sort of break off and say, hey, I want to go do that. And I don't know if you've, you've watched the broadcasts on, on ESPN. Uh, the hill behind the outfield fence at Lomity Stadium is very steep. It's, a, it's like an amphitheater setup, uh, sort of like at Blossom. Think Blossom Music Center, but the, the hill is steeper than that, much steeper. Uh, and one of the traditions for the kids there, the, either the, the siblings or those who weren't necessarily playing at the time, is to run down behind the concession stands and grab cardboard boxes that the, the vendors have cast aside and to split those boxes up and use them as like toboggans to slide down the hill. And when we were there, it was probably about 95 degrees and humid and the grass was pretty dry. It, it rained later in the day, and there were kids that were just rocketing down the hill just on their stomachs. But at the time, you needed a toboggan piece of cardboard, and the grass was a little dry. Uh, Zimmer's first run down the hill didn't go very far. He stuck at the top, sort of rolled off the piece of cardboard, and uh, he got the hang of it, uh, got his momentum, and, and was able to make it down a little bit. But here's something I found that was was interesting. Chris Antonetti uh, made it over there uh, along with Framil Reyes and Oscar Mercado and Miles Straw. And Antonetti just sort of watched as the players all hurry up and they they grab a piece of cardboard and they try and they fall off. And, they, you know, their, their runs had a varying degree of success. Antonetti watched all the, the, the players sort of fail. And then he watched like the, the nine-year-olds who were the experts who were making it all the way down the hill. And he walked over to them and he started talking to them. And I thought it was, you know, strange. I, it, the kids didn't know who Chris Antonetti was, but he's, you know, sort of analyzing what's going on. He's identifying the talented players on the hill who can make it down and getting their best practices and found the best piece of equipment for him to use. And then after he had all the information, then he made his run. And I got video of Antonetti making it all the way down to the bottom of the hill. And his yeah, run, he had a great run. That was a great video. Like a, yeah. He was like an Olympic luge runner. I mean, he was down the yeah. hill in a, in a heartbeat. It was, it was great. So then at the, 
at so we had the, the, he had the right information, good scouting report, right? It's a it's a microcosm of how Antonetti <laughs> you know makes trades and runs his business, right? That's exactly what he does when he's he's making deals and and making decisions for the Indians. He he gets all the information, he identifies the most the best talent, and he he makes his move. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go so well for myself. I uh, Antonetti was at the top of the hill, uh, Mandy and Zach and myself were all there. And he said, okay, the reporter's got to go now. And uh, I was the first to try it. And unfortunately, I stepped on the piece of cardboard as I, I started my run and I face planted into the side of the hill. There is video of it. It's, uh, it's painful to watch, but a lot of people, I guess, think it's funny. And, and uh, Chris Antonetti sent that video to a bunch of people in the Indians organization who all have seen me leave half of my face on the side of the hill behind Lamine <laughs> Stadium. So uh, it, it was not my my most graceful moment, Paul. <laughs> well, what about Zach and Mandy? Did they make it down? To, to varying degrees. I, I think uh, Zach made it the farthest. Uh, Mandy uh, got out there, and I think she fell on her belt buckle and might have might have bruised herself a, a little bit there. But uh, it, I, I definitely got the worst of the three. Uh, oh, put it that way. I, I didn't go very far, and I I ate a lot of grass. Um, you did an A for effort. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just hoping that the video never sees the light of day. I've had a lot of people uh, ask to see it who <laughs> will, will never get to see it. So, but uh, then you move to the to the major league ballpark, the Bowman Field at uh, Muncie Bank Ballpark in in Williamsport. And it was, it was just gorgeous. Uh, the, the renovations that they did there back in 2017, the, the park is in beautiful shape. The field's in great shape The there's a scoreboard uh, beyond the left field wall, a big scoreboard in the left field. And we asked Framil if uh, you know, if he was planning on trying to hit it over that scoreboard and uh, Tristan McKenzie actually told him, Hey, they got a big, big board out there. He's like, Framil can hit it. He, he turned to him. He said, Framil can hit it. And that's a, it, it's nice to have that confidence the way he had, he had been swinging the bat in the last couple of games. So uh, we're hoping that that's the case. And that continues here uh, tonight as the Indians are getting ready to open a, uh, a series against the Rangers. We haven't seen the Rangers Rangers and Boston are the last two teams that we haven't seen this year. Right. Hoinsie? Yeah. And uh, they're, they're both coming in this week, uh, you know, three games set for the Rangers uh, and then uh, followed by a three-game weekend series by uh, the the Red Sox. So it'll be interesting to see all you know those three teams. And uh, you know Eli Morgan's going tonight. And uh, you know the Rangers are struggling. The Rangers have been really struggling since the break. So the Indians have won three straight. So maybe they can uh, you know get on a little run here. Yeah, that's uh, the the hope is that you can you can get comfortable at home here over these next what six games, uh, and, and then, and then go back out on the road, uh, next week and, and just sort of maintain where you are, uh, this pitching rotation and the way that things have developed over the last couple of turns through the rotation, it's, uh, it's starting to get interesting, starting to get intriguing and really starting to give us uh, a lot of hope and, and promise for next season. Yeah. And you have to wonder, you know, you're, you know, everybody's calculating, uh, you know, for next season. 
And, uh, you know, how do they, how do these guys fit? You know, Savali made his rehab start Saturday in, in, in Akron, two scoreless innings, walked a batter, struck out a batter. I think he threw about 36 pitches, you know, Bieber, I'm, I would think is, you know, probably a couple, you know, bullpen sessions away from doing the same thing. Uh, and then uh, how do they fit for next year? You know, Bieber, Savali, uh, Plesak and, you know, Quantrill and, and Morgan and, and McKenzie and, you know, I, I think, they, I think you said it right there. <laughs> I, I think you got Bieber, Plesak, or Bieber, Savali, Plesak, more uh, Quantrill, McKenzie, and Morgan ready to go when, when needed. Yeah. That's, I mean, so, you know, as, as it's kind of, you know, disappointing as this season has been, you know, from a one loss, uh, you know, standpoint, they have developed some pitching, you know, and then they were kind of forced to develop it because of injuries. But, you know, there is kind of a silver lining to that. All right. All right. Hoinsey, we will look forward to uh, your coverage of tonight's game here at uh, Progressive Field as the Indians take on the Rangers. We'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Talk to you then. Bye.